What's up, everyone? This is Vince. Welcome to episode two of the Fantasy Freaks podcast. Joining me, we have D Brown and Rich. What's up, guys? What's up, Freaks fam? Hello. I'm just going to start by saying Cam Newton looks horrible. He just can't hit throws. He's just missing throws and he's not using his legs. It's basically like, all right, what are you doing for me as a quarterback? If I was a Panthers fan, I'd be um, frustrated and also pretty worried. Yeah, you could. Cam Newton could get by with his subpar passing when he had the uh, rushing floor, but we haven't seen that Cam Newton in quite a time now. I am not impressed with what he's been bringing to the table start weeks one and two. Yeah, it's it's a little concerning. It's funny, before the game, I was talking to my girl, and she's like, you coming up to bed after the game? I said, yeah, I'll be up later. She goes, you're going to fall asleep, aren't you? So I said, no, I'll be all right. Next thing I know, I'm waking up, it's the fourth quarter, and she's texting me all types of nasty things about <laughs> about sleeping on the couch. I looked at the stat line before I went upstairs, and that was probably the quietest 300 yards anybody has ever thrown. Right. Yeah, he was pretty bad, man. Um, 25 of 51 for 333 yards. Definitely, you're right, though. The 333 yards are very surprising, but less than 50% completion percentage is... That's pretty bad. That's horrible. Yeah, I'll tell you what I did like. I like to see Chris Godwin. I, I thought he looked spectacular out there. This is a guy I've been pushing all off offseason. Uh, I was willing to pull the trigger on him high in drafts I was in, and it's paid off through weeks one and two. He was a monster out there last night. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was high on Godwin coming into the season. My home league, the redraft we would do, there was talks of turning it into a keeper league, and I would have gotten Godwin for a 14th round pick. It ended up not happening, so I'm a little upset about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he did look good. Eight receptions on nine targets, 121 yards, and a touchdown. James Winston only had 25 attempts, so, you know, nine targets actually is a decent amount for only 25 attempts. But um, Mike Evans, you know, it's pretty worrisome. I still think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to break out. Next week could easily be the game he breaks out. He's getting targeted downfield a lot. So, you know, all it takes is that one big play, and then everyone's back on the Mike Evans train. Yeah, don't be surprised if both of these guys end up being top 24 wide receivers before season's out. But I have Godwin ahead in 2019. I mean, in the offseason, I would have told you you're crazy. But right now, I mean, you're, I mean, it looks like you definitely are going to be right. I would like to see a little more than top 24 out of Mike Evans. But the first two games are very disheartening for Evans owners. Like I said, I like Godwin. I, but I think Evans the better receiver. I just I, I don't trust Winston getting the ball to him consistently. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a long year, but Godwin looks pretty damn good to start. All right, let me move on to a quick injury rundown for everyone. Um, Sam Darnold has mono. Uh, He's out indefinitely, expected to miss multiple games. So that's definitely something to just monitor and keep an eye on. Darius Geis, surgery on his meniscus. Players on IR can return after eight weeks. This means Geis could come back for the bye week, which is week 10, then play week 11 against the New York Jets on November 17th. That's best-case scenario with guys, so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope we can finally see this kid get his chance. Um, Hopkins, you know, people were a little worried a little bit for right after the week, but um, it was just his ribs are a little banged up, but uh, he's not listed on the final injury report, so he's good to go. Le'Veon, he had a, a precautionary MRI on his shoulder. He's good to go as well. 
Uh, Mixon. Mixon's injury is a little iffy. Um, he's questionable with a grade one ankle sprain. If he plays, he's likely limited. So if you have an option that's decent, you might want to put that option in over Mixon because Mixon could be the guy that you start thinking he's the stud Mixon, and then he gets eight carries and one target, and you're beating yourself up. Um, Tim Coleman, this one sucks. Uh, high ankle sprain. Return to play three to six weeks. I was really looking forward to see him in the backfield, but, you know, let's see, it's the Matt Breda show. Uh, the goal is for him to be back within three weeks, but uh, we'll see with that. High ankle sprains are tricky. Uh, Mike Williams, this is another one that's kind of up in the air. He's not expected to play Sunday. Uh, it's week-to-week type of injury, so it's definitely something to monitor. I was expecting a breakout year from Mike Williams, so let's hope that he's back sooner rather than later. Tyler Lockett, a lot of people were worried he wasn't going to play. Pete Carroll said Tyler Lockett had back spasms after sleeping awkwardly. Seemed like it was just like a one-day one or, uh, two type of thing, and he's uh, good to go. He'll be playing. Thank you for that recap, Vince. Sad to see anybody go down this early in the season. Hopefully most of the players can bounce back quickly. Before we move on, though, let me tell you guys about this app called Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. Fanatic puts the most current and personalized fantasy football statistics, advanced metrics, news, and opinions in the palm of your hand. Download it now. Win the week. Win the next. Win your league. So let's uh, let's move on to our sit starts for week two. I'm going to start off with San Francisco at Cincinnati. You know, uh, that's a that's a tricky one. Um, there's some fool's gold type of plays, like a, like a John Ross type of play. Tyler Boyd's a for sure start. He's an every week start for me. I'm a huge Tyler Boyd guy. Like I touched on with Joe Mixon with the ankle sprain, he's a guy I'm going to fade. If I own Geo, I am going to fire up Geo this week, regardless of if Mixon plays or not, because I believe that they will limit Mixon. Andy Dalton, um, you most likely have a better option, I would hope, especially in Dynasty. He was probably not your QB1. He's the type of guy, I mean, it's a decent matchup. You know, if you don't have a better option, then let Dalton go in your lineup and just hope for hope for another big week. It was pretty awesome what he did last week. No, I don't think anyone was expecting that. The tight ends, I'm not touching Eifert or Zuma. I'm, I'm just going to let those guys go. On the 49ers... Jimmy G, again, he's a guy that you most likely have a better option. If you haven't, you know, if it's up in the air, I would probably lean towards your other option. I'm not a huge Jimmy G guy. I still kind of want to wait and see with that. Uh, Matt Breda is definitely a start this week. You know, we've seen Breda on the field. He's a good player. It's just, you know, he's had bad luck with injuries. And then we got uh, Debo Samuel. He's a sneaky play. I most likely wouldn't. Um, he's probably a cheaper option in DFS. He's probably more of like a type of start like that, but I still probably would not touch him. Goodwin, Pettis, I probably would fade. Kittle, obviously everyone knows, is a must start. So that's my sit starts for that game. We'll move on to D Brown with the Chargers at Detroit. All right, Vegas has the over-under at 47. Uh, I think this is a good game for Detroit to get right. I'm firing up Stafford if I have him. Him and TJ Hawkinson both looked like they were on the same page together. I'm excited to see them continue their chemistry. As far as the wide receivers go, I think I'm actually going to fade Galladay and Marvin Jones. The Chargers secondary is actually still pretty good, even after losing Derwin James. 
But I think Amendola still has some PPR upside. I expect Carrion Johnson to get several touches throughout the evening. As far as sits, I'm probably going to sit C.J. Anderson, like I said, Marvin Jones and Galladay. If you have a better option, I'd fire them up. For the Chargers, start Rivers. I think he's going to get the ball to Allen. Eckler's a must-start at this point. I have Travis Benjamin, actually, as kind of a sleeper for this game with the Mike Williams being banged up and Hunter Henry recent injury. I think that uh, Rivers doesn't have as many options as he'd like to have. Travis Benjamin has some sneaky upside. Cool. Well, I'm going to step in here with the Vikings at Packers. This is a game I'm looking forward to because I, I, I feel like the Packers are going to come out swinging after last week's performance, and I would like to see what the Vikings actually do on offense when they throw more than 10 times. In this game, obviously Dalvin Cook is a must-start whenever he's healthy. Healthy, I believe he's a top-five back. And he uh, can run with the best of them. Out of Thiedlin and Diggs, I think Cousins connects with uh, with Diggs for a touchdown. So I'm definitely starting Diggs. Thiedlin obviously is going to be in your lineup, but I don't think he has. I don't think he has big as big of a game as as Diggs will. As far as Kyle Rudolph, he wasn't targeted once out of the ten passes they threw last week. I don't know about you, but I would like somebody that's in my starting lineup getting at least one target per 10 pass attempts. Only way Rudolph has any type of fantasy relevance this week is if he gets a touchdown from Cousins. So if you have a better option or a similar option, I would go with them. As far as Green Bay, I think Aaron Rodgers comes out. I think he's going to move the ball well. I think they're going to be throw a lot more than they, uh, than they run the, run the ball. After Aaron Jones's performance last week, I'm a little hesitant to start him. Obviously, you drafted him high. You don't want to bench him this early in the season. But if you have a solid running back core, I would look elsewhere. Devontae Adams is going to have a bounce-back game. And I would definitely start Jimmy Graham. Last week, we saw Jimmy Graham look like he was still playing from the Saints. The most inspiring performance he's had since he left the Saints. Awesome. So I'll go ahead and move on to the Colts at Tennessee. This is a game that I'm actually looking forward to a lot. Both have solid defenses. They both have solid run game. Uh, Their quarterbacks are pretty even. Um, Mariota actually looked pretty solid last week. I say pretty even because I'm higher on Brissett than most. Um, I still would not start either of them. I believe everyone like i touched on with my last matchup you most likely have better options so go ahead and use the better option Uh, marlon mack and derrick henry are two guys that i think that you can confidently start derrick henry actually looked pretty damn good last week it's nice for him to get the touches that's really the main thing with derrick henry it's more of a volume thing give him the ball you think he's the type of running back where you need to get him rolling other than that there's really um, no wide receiver starts other than T.Y. Hilton in this matchup. I'm not touching. I'm not putting Corey Davis in my lineup. A.J. Brown, I'm still not ready to put him in my lineup. Humphreys was a sleeper guy of mine, but after uh, last week, kind of going to wait and see. I'm not going to put him in my lineup yet. But, uh, yeah, with the Colts, really T.Y. Hilton, and that's it. I don't trust uh, Deion Kane yet. He's another guy. Um, you know, he's had a lot of hype throughout. You know, last preseason he had a lot of hype and then the injury and then Came back to this training camp, a little bit of hype, but they drafted Paris Campbell. You know, they signed Funches. But now with Funches out, Kane's going to get an opportunity. 
let's see. He was a good player at Clemson, so you know we'll see what happens there. Um, Ebron is a guy that I will not recommend to at all this year. I don't trust him whatsoever. And then uh, Delaney Walker, I've always loved Delaney Walker. He's just a really good football player. Um, looked really good last week, which is awesome to see because uh, it was weird not having Delaney Walker in the like playing at all last year, you know, guys. I mean, Delaney Walker was good yeah. for a while at tight end, man. He had a lot of good years in a row. Very consistent. He was a guy that you could count on. He was that guy outside of the elite tight ends that was one of the best values in drafts year after year. So um, he's a guy I'm firing up in my lineups, no doubt. So, yeah, that's that matchup. We'll move on to the Patriots at Miami with D. Brown here. Well, this is going to be a straight smash football. You know, I think we're going to be chasing this Miami defense all year. If you got a team with a guy going up against Miami, you, you plug him in. I'm, I'm firing up Brady. I'm firing up Edelman, Sony. I think if, if this is going to be the week that if Sony has any relevance, we're going to get to see some this week. I believe James White potentially may not be traveling with the team to Miami due to the birth of his child. So Rex Burkhead should get plenty of run as well. Uh, Gordon, I'm going to fire him up, inserting him into my lineup. I'm staying away from A.B. come Sunday. And as far as the Dolphins go, I don't think that there is a single Dolphin that you could put into your lineup and feel any shred of confidence with. When they were getting blown out by the Ravens 59-10, to 10, they couldn't even get Kenyon Drake a few targets that's a that's got to be where Kenyon Drake's going to feast. And other than that, who are you who are you looking at to have a big game? The rookie Preston Williams. He got lucky with a touchdown last week. I'm not banking on that again against this stingy Patriots defense. All right, I'll start with Buffalo. I'm I'm a big fan of Josh Josh Allen. Obviously, you may have a better option at quarterback, but he's a good super flex play. I think I'm definitely starting Devin Singletary this week. Uh, it's a little concerning. He only ran the ball four times last week, but he had 70 yards. He showed he showed that he could do he could do a lot with a little. At the same time, he had five receptions, so he was involved in the game. Uh, John Brown is the receiver to own on the team. It looks like I was high on Zay Jones coming into this year. He only had two receptions on what was it? I believe he had five targets. I'm not going to risk throwing him in my lineup just yet until he shows me something. At the same time, if the Dolphins are running through the NFL with a high school defense, the Giants aren't far behind with the college defense. I think you get a good matchup with them every time you go up against them. As far as the Giants offense, obviously Saquon is a must start. I don't know how I feel about anybody else on that team. I think Eli has some upside because they're going to be playing from behind a lot, so he's going to throw the ball. Outside of Saquon, I would try to avoid it the Giants offense, unless it's Evan Ingram. Cool. So we'll go ahead and move on to uh, Seattle at Pittsburgh. This is another uh, It's a fun matchup here. A guy like Ben Roethlisberger is kind of a guy I'm like up in the air on. I don't really know if he's a good start against Seattle, but I believe that he will attempt a decent amount of passes, so he should have the volume to have a decent fantasy game. But he's a guy, if you have another quarterback who has a juicier matchup, I would definitely lean that way. Um, with, when it comes to Russell Wilson, obviously, to most people, he would be a must-start. I own Russell Wilson in a couple of spots, and I'm starting to get 
like a weird feeling about the guy. He just doesn't give me that big game upside, I feel like, anymore. You know, like two years ago, I would say he does because I feel like he used his legs a little more. He still uses his legs, but it's more of a uh, roll-out-in-the-pocket type of thing. I feel like he's pretty much locked in on making a play with his arms more now than he is with his legs. He knows how important he is to the team. Um, so, you know, he's being safe there. Um, you used to get Russell Wilson. The appeal was knowing that he had the legs. You know, guys, like, you watched Russell Wilson play so many times. He seemed like every time you watched him play early in his career, he broke off one of those, like, 20-yard runs where you're just like, how the hell did this guy do this? Yeah, and he's another guy. I mean, you're most likely going to fire him up. I would recommend, you know, I'll, I'll say it. He's, he's a start. He's a start. But um, definitely just I'm starting to feel a little weird about the guy. But um, he's definitely still a start. Uh, Chris Carson is a guy that I love. Uh, Chris Carson, I'm firing up for sure. He's just a, he's just a good player, man. A lot of the uh, penny truthers, you know, we're screaming all offseason. Penny's going to break out. Penny's going to break out. Penny's going to break out. But. I don't know how you can keep Carson off the field. You watch him play, and he's just a really good football player. Um, so Chris Carson's definitely a must-start for me. Uh, James Conner, yeah, he's obviously um, he's definitely a must-start. Uh, you know, I'm not touching Penny. I'm not touching Samuels. Um, I do like Samuels as a player. I just don't think he's going to get enough touches to make an impact. Um, if you need to start a guy like Jalen Samuels, I'm sorry, but your season's most likely over, and it's week two. Move on to receivers. Juju must start. Lockett is a must start, although I'm still worried about his volume. I think he's a little bit of a fool's gold when at his price, but uh, we'll see. You know, most likely going to be wrong with that take, but he's a guy I faded hard this offseason. I did not like his price whatsoever. Thought his efficiency is, you know, people were buying into some crazy efficiency. You know, I'm more of a volume type guy. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, last week he didn't get really get much volume, but he got that touchdown. So he seems to just keep doing that. He's carrying it over from last year. Um, DK, surprisingly, you know, that was awesome last week. was not expecting that whatsoever. Um, six targets is pretty cool. Um, 77% snap percentage. That's very positive. 89 yards. It's, it's awesome. You know, you can't really, can't really ask for more his first game and with Lockett's back being a little weird you know DK could be a little sneaky start I know a lot of people are probably going to have him in their lineup you probably have better options but um he's definitely a sexy play I would go ahead and uh I'd fire him up uh, Moncrief I'm not a Moncrief guy at all I think it's only a matter of time until James Washington overtakes him there and then James Washington becomes a sneaky little flex type guy to the Washington truthers. I'm not really a Washington guy. I never really was, but I understand the appeal. Uh, moving on the tight end, Disley, Vanit, no, obviously no one's touching a Seattle tight end. Uh, Vance McDonald, a lot of people are high on him. He was another guy I was fading. Um, you know, if you drafted him, most likely drafted him as your tight end one. Um, so you'll most likely be firing him up regardless, unless you made a quick play to the waiver wire this week and you picked up a guy like, you know, like a Waller or a, hopefully your league drafted Mark Andrews, but if not a Mark Andrews type of guy, um, but yeah, he's def- he's probably a start for me there. So yeah, that's that with that matchup. We'll move on to Dallas at Washington here with D Brown. 
All right, Dallas coming on to Washington. Vegas has the point total spread at 46.5 for the over-under. Cowboys looked really sharp in week one. I'm feeling pretty confident with plugging most of those guys into my lineup. I really liked what I saw out of Dak in week one. I'm firing him up. I'm firing up Cooper. Elliott, I think they're going to bring him a little bit bigger workload this week if they don't get up too big on Washington. Uh, I do expect uh, Pollard to be a viable flex option this week. Being against Washington, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas gets up big and they get Pollard a few more carries. He he had 13 carries, same as Ezekiel Elliott in week one. Now Elliott, again, with the touchdown and much more efficient with his carries. But I wouldn't be surprised if they give Pollard a little bit more run in week two. Uh, Another player on Dallas that I really like, Michael Gallup, he had a huge game, 7 for 7, 158. Uh, I really like him stepping up this year, giving Dak Prescott another weapon on the outside has been really good for him. Uh, Dallas's tight end situation, I mean, it's touchdown or bust. It could be Witten, but I'm avoiding it. I'm probably going to fade Cobb this week. Uh, I just don't think that they'll need to be as pass happy as they were in week one to beat Washington. As far as Washington's side of the ball, I'm never going to feel too great about any of these guys. One guy who I feel the safest with would be Chris Thompson uh, with the Darius Geis injury. You know, Chris Thompson's probably the back to own at this point in Washington. And he had 10 targets in week one. I wouldn't be surprised if he has 10 plus here again in week two. Rookie McLaurin, he looked great. I'd fire him up into my lineup just for some garbage time points. He looked really impressive in his NFL debut. I'm excited if I got him in my lineup. Jordan Reed may be another scratch. If so, I wouldn't mind flexing Vernon Davis if uh, you're in a pinch at the tight end position. Uh, Trey Quinn also has some PPR upside in a flex position. I'm probably going to go ahead and sit AP. I know he'll get uh, more touches now that Geis is heading to the IR, but with the game script getting him faded out, and him not really being a viable receiver out of the backfield. It really caps his upside. So I am sitting AP, and I am not starting Keenum unless I am in need in potentially a two-quarterback league. All right, so I'm going to hop in here with probably my favorite matchup of the week. I am looking forward to this Arizona-Baltimore game. I am 100% all in on both of these offenses. They were the two teams I had the most questions about coming into the season. Uh, But after week one, I am buying in. We'll start with Baltimore. First, Lamar Jackson, I apologize for ever doubting your ability to throw the football. He only threw the ball 20 times, completed 17 passes. Out of those 20 throws, he had one bad throw. You know, he uh, had 324 yards, showed he could stand back there in the pocket. That Combined with his legs, Lamar Jackson, you are a must-start for me. Uh, Moving on to the running backs, Mark Ingram's dealing with a small injury uh, to his shoulder. He's questionable. It's unclear whether he's going to play or not. At the same time, I don't think I'm I'm going to think about throwing Gus Edwards in there just yet. He had 17 rush attempts last, last week, only 56 yards. That's uh, 1.6 yards per carry. I, I'm not confident putting that in my lineup. If Mark Ingram plays, start him. Moving on to the receivers, they probably have 
on paper what looks to be the worst receiving core I think I've ever seen. Coming into the season with Willie Sneed as your number one is a little scary for me, but at the same time, they have a young beast at tight end in Mark Andrews. Eight targets, eight receptions, 108 yards. If you have Mark Andrews on your team, start him. Uh, now moving on to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray was a little shaky in that first half, but once he got going, he got going. Ended the game with 308 yards. When you give a young gunslinger, old faithful like Larry Fitz, it's going to turn into something special. I'm starting Larry Fitz no matter what. Eight receptions, 113 yards. Looked like he was playing 10 years ago. I love to see it. David Johnson's back. 18 carries, 82 yards. Not that great on the ground, but he was involved in the passing game. That's where he flourishes. Larry Fitz, David Johnson, Kyler Murray. Start him if you got him. Cool. So we'll move on to my matchup, Jacksonville at Houston. I'm just going to put this out there. If you own Gardner Minshew, fire him up. QB1. Have you seen that mustache? No, I'm just kidding. You obviously are not starting (laughs) Minshew unless it's super flex and you're super desperate. Deshaun Watson, obviously, must start every week. Leonard Fournette, another guy I'm firing up every single week. Duke Johnson. I love Duke Johnson. Always had a thing for Duke Johnson. He's a really good player. Just hope he gets the volume, which I believe he will. Carlos High was used a little more last week than I would have liked, but still believe the talent rises to the top, and Duke still led the backfield, so I'm comfortable with starting Duke. Um, Hopkins, he's a guy I'm starting every single week. Will Fuller, um, he's a flex-type play for me. Um, if I have a better option, a safer option, I would go with him, but... You know, he's the guy, he's going to win you some weeks uh, with his deep playability. You know, if you want the upside in your flex, go ahead and fire him up as well. Kiki, I don't love you. Um, not going to fire you up until I see you on the field in this offense. In the offseason, I was on Kiki, but uh, kind of not feeling him anymore. I kind of want to see, you know, he's definitely a guy that could prove me wrong and definitely still have some value, but... Um, with the addition of Kenny Stills and Kiki's injuries, um, definitely going to fade him. Kenny Stills, another guy, not starting. D.D. Westbrook, I'm definitely firing up D.D. this week. I like D.D. a lot. I think he's a really good player. Should have a big game. He's definitely a solid PPR option. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a guy you're starting. Conley, Conley has some sneaky upside. Um, Conley, I'm actually starting in a league. He's a guy, if you want some upside, definitely throw Conley in your lineup. Um, Chark, he definitely looked good last week. That was awesome to see with a second-year guy like that. But um, I'm going to fade him. Uh, he's definitely a guy I'm not starting in my lineup. I'd love to see more than four targets. He did catch all four of his targets, but um, definitely going to wait and see. I'm not going to put him in my lineup after one week. Um, at tight end, there's really nothing to talk about of both teams. To D Brown's matchup, Kansas City at Oakland. This is a fun game. Yeah, I'm excited to see Kansas City again. They looked electric in week one. Patrick Mahomes picking up exactly where he left off last year. Uh, the big surprise, of course, was Sammy Watkins going 9 for 11, 198, and three touchdowns. Gaboom. This is a game that Bays has the over under at 53.5, so we should see some uh, fireworks here. Uh, of course, you're going to start Mahomes. 
He's going to be electric, no doubt. Uh, I'm, I feel comfortable starting Carr. He looked great in week one, 22 of 26 for 259. Uh, Gruden seems to be instilling a game plan that seems to be suiting Carr, even with A.B. leaving town. As far as running backs go, Damian Williams, he seems to have the targets to bring his floor. Uh, McCoy looked pretty good, actually, in Andy Reid's system, and I wouldn't mind flexing him if I didn't have a better option. Even me, Cole, could get some run this week. He was second uh, second behind Sammy Watkins in routes run in week one once Tyreek Hill was off the field. He didn't produce much, but we could see more of an uptick for him week two. As far as Oakland goes, Jacobs, I was really impressed with what I saw from him in week one. I'm firing him up week two. Waller was kind of the tight end sleeper darling that kind of broke out, you could say, week one. He looked great. Seems to have good chemistry with Carr. I'm going to go ahead and fire him up as a top 12 tight end this week. Tyrell Williams looked good. Uh, Carr actually threw the deep ball to him a couple times, but seems like they're able to work him in as the very wide receiver one for Oakland. I'm going to go ahead and shy away from Jalen Richard. I didn't see enough out of him week one to feel confident plugging him in. It's a shame he was PPR stud last year. But with Josh Jacobs coming in town, there's just not enough volume to give him a viable floor each week. It's going to be an exciting, fun game. But all in all, I really just want to see this Kansas City offense take the field once again. All right, so moving on to uh, my last matchup that we have here, uh, Denver versus the Bears. We'll start with Denver's backfield. There was a lot of questions uh, coming into the season. Is it Royce Freeman? Is it Philip Lindsay? I don't think I'm starting anybody in that backfield. Uh, I wasn't encouraged by anything I saw from Lindsey or Freeman last week. Philip Lindsey did have six targets and four catches, but at the same time, I don't know how I feel about Joe Flacco going up against one of the best defenses in the league. With that being said, I'm probably going to flex Cortland Sutton due to the amount of targets he's going to have. Looking at the Bears, I'm probably starting Mitch Trubisky this week. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I do think he's a solid fantasy quarterback uh there's nothing on denver's defense that really scares me or or scares me off outside of their defensive ends but they didn't really do much with them last week i don't expect much from them this week i think the bears have an okay uh offensive line and and they'll be able to move the ball a little bit as far as their backfield david montgomery start them if you have to the only running back i i like there is uh cohen he didn't run the ball once last week but he did have 10 targets for uh, eight receptions. He was second on the team in targets. As far as receiving, Allen Robinson, if you got him, start him. I love him. Uh, Anthony Miller is going to have to be a sit for me. As far as uh, tight ends on the Bears, Trey Burton, I'm fading. There's a lot of uncertainty. We're not sure if he's even going to play. That's all I got for that game. Cool. So we'll move on to what I would say is the game of the week. I think most would agree. Saints. At the Rams, this is an awesome game. You know the Saints had this one circled on the schedule since it came out. I'm firing up Breeze, Kamara, Michael Thomas. This could easily be one of those weeks where Ted Ginn catches one of those bombs. But uh, I'm not starting him in a redraft or one of my dynasty teams. But uh, just putting it out there. Don't be surprised if you see a Ted Ginn bomb. Uh, Jared Cook, I'm still still rolling him out. I'm starting him. He's, uh, he's a good tight end. You know, tight end so hard outside of the top guys. Um, 
Jared Cook's probably a guy that would start for anyone that owns him, unless you're lucky enough to have a sexier matchup from a guy you might have got on waivers, like a Waller. Um, move on to the Rams side. It's another game. I'm starting all the all the Rams studs. Uh, firing Goff up. Gurley. Starting Gurley. Definitely starting Gurley. Uh, a lot of people are on the Malcolm Brown train. Uh, I definitely was all aboard picking him up on in redraft off of waivers, uh, but he's not a guy I'm comfortable starting whatsoever. Uh, Robert Woods, love Robert Woods, starting him every single week. He's matchup proof for me. Uh, Brandon Cook's another guy, matchup proof. Cooper Cup, I mean, based on Goff and Cup's history, he's another guy that's a must-start every single week, which is crazy to think that a team has three receivers that are must-starts, and a guy like Gurley, too. Just it's crazy how good of an offense that team has. And then at tight end, you're not you're not firing anyone up from them. Higby or Everett, you're Everett, you're definitely not starting any of those guys. But no, this is definitely a fun game. I think everyone, every football fan's excited to watch that. Um, but yeah, we'll move on here. D Brown, this is actually kind of fun because Richard and I are uh, Philly fans, and D Brown is a Falcons guy. So we'll let the Falcons fan break this one down. It's most likely going to be biased, so I just want to let you guys know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, guys, we got a Sunday night battle of the birds. I am looking forward to this one. Both defenses looked less than stellar last week. So Vegas setting the over under at 52 and a half. I think we should see a quite a good bit of offensive firepower. And I want some exposure to this game. Uh, Wentz, I think I'm going to fire him up. No doubt. He looked great in week one. Got that deep ball, and it looked amazing. Ryan uh, looked very shaky week one behind an offensive line that we were expecting to be revamped, but losing one starter and the guys struggling to find chemistry off the rip. Hopefully the coaches can come in and make something happen to have these guys produce a little bit better in week two. Uh, As far as the running backs go, I'm firing up Freeman. It was just a poor game all in all for the Falcons last week, and I wouldn't take too much from week one. I'm firing up most of their offensive firepower weapons and thinking this should be more of a shootout, and the Phillies' defense isn't anything to be that scared of. Wide receivers fire up Julio, fire up Calvin Ridley. Both of them should feast. And as far as Philly goes and their wide receiving core, I'm going to go ahead and start Jeffrey. He looked pretty good with the targets he got last week. But most more impressive was Deshaun Jackson. He looked electric back in Philly, back where he wants to be. He put on a show for the fans, caught those two deep balls for touchdowns. This guy has a great effect when, he, when he's on the team. Quarterbacks just do better. And Wentz is going to reap the benefits all year long. Tight end position, Ertz, he didn't do as great. In week one, you know, he was a guy I was kind of fading this offseason, but I think he has a nice bounce back week against this Falcons defense. Hooper, he was actually pretty good in week one, better than I thought. He seemed to be a reliable weapon for Matt Ryan often, and I think he could have another great week in week two. Um, I'm going to stay away from Jordan Howard. He just didn't see enough meaningful work and Week one for me to feel confident locking him in. Same with Ito Smith. 
This is Freeman's backfield. Ito's just a guy, and I don't see him getting much of a workload here in week two. As far as Mohamed Sanu, I like him. He's a dog he could hit at any given time. But I just don't know that there's going to be enough targets to go around that you can count on locking him in. If you have a better option, I would. But if it's a deep league and you're looking for a flex, he could be good for 10 to 12 points. Miles Sanders is a guy that if I'm going to start any running back in Philly, it's going to be him. I feel like he has the most upside on a weekly basis. But my confidence level is less than stellar when I'm plugging him into my lineup come Sunday night. For that little dig at the Eagles defense, D. Brown, I'm going to make a call yeah. to my man Fletcher and ensure seven sacks this weekend. <laughs> I, I'll count them with you. All right. Man, it's going to be a great game, though. It's a great Sunday night football game. It's pretty exciting. There's a lot yeah. of good matchups this week. It's definitely a really exciting week, too. Hey, Vince, did they replace you with Barry White? What's going on here? A nice little mean? deep voice going on right now. Oh, yeah. A little Maybe smooth jazz. Turning lights <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining us for uh, tonight's podcast. Hopefully, we'll help you guys win some of those uh, games this week. Any questions, always feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at FantasyFreaks underscore. If you want to reach Vince at DynastyVince, you can catch D Brown at DBrownFF88. And yours truly at RJC Dynasty. Thank you all. Have a great night.